1: Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. Today's podcast is sponsored by Audible.com. Audible.com is a leading provider of spoken audio entertainment and information. Listen to audiobooks whenever and wherever you want. Get a free book when you sign up for a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com businessgrowth. This podcast is continuing to gain recognition as a resource for business and entrepreneurs. From MSNBC's Your Business to Inc.com to Fit Small Business and uh, Proven to a whole bunch of other lists um, all over the world, Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast is enjoying inclusion on lists of the best podcasts to listen to. This is because we are so fortunate to get incredible people who give of their time and their expertise to join me in a conversation where... They share information that you take back into your business and do great things with. We have um, such a person today with us. My guest is Terry Ogburn. Terry is the renowned owner and lead business coach of Ogburn Business Solutions. His proprietary coaching system and personal devotion to the development of others has contributed to the success of hundreds of small to large business ventures. Terry began his career. Business career in 1979 when he invested his last $118.42 to start an air conditioning service business. At that time, he had no car or truck, but he did have the knowledge and ability to build relationships. By 1983, he was a top five nominee for Small Businessman of the Year. And in 1984, he won the award for Outstanding Young Businessman of the Year for the state of Florida. In 1985, Successful in his business and recognized as a leader in the business community, he began to mentor other small business owners. In 1989, he developed his own business success program based on his experience and the teachings of his favorite business books. Over the years, he worked for several businesses, helping them improve performance and results. In December 2005, Terry chose to return to his true passion, helping independent entrepreneurs and small business owners plan launch, and develop their businesses. Thanks so much for joining me today, Terry.
2: Oh, Diane, it's so awesome to be here, and thank you for having me on your show.
1: And I want to start with what your thoughts are on uh, why sales seems to be so difficult for small businesses.
2: Oh good, that's a great question. Uh sales obviously is the lifeblood of, of any business, no matter where you you know what you're doing. Um, sales I think the small part of one of the things I've learned is that a lot of people think just because they put up their website or a flag or you know their sign or whatever, people are just gonna be drawn to them, you know, that type of thing. And I think we have to put a little bit more initiative into uh, marketing in the beginning stages, as we, than we do after we gain some momentum. I'm not a big fan of mass marketing. I'm not a big fan of throwing money at something. I'm more, um, you know, shoe leather type stuff, um, uh, direct marketing, uh, moving out past the um, the branding, so to speak. I know you've got a brand. That's not a that's not a. You can do that as you go through time. In fact, I'm branding myself now after 11 and a half years. Once I got my sales under once I got my sales built and got my uh residual income coming in, now I can branch out. So I'm more of the guy that would send you on a a mission of, of getting out there and depending on what business, it could be going through networking, it could be knocking on doors, uh but any type of direct marketing uh will help sustain a, a young business getting started.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I think um It's been always so interesting for me that I think one of the things that that makes it difficult for small business owners is that they think that they have to have some grand scheme and some grand plan, and they have to throw a whole bunch of money at marketing. And most of them don't necessarily have the the money for that. You know, their cash flow is pretty tight. And so they think about that, and then they think about, okay, well, I don't want to necessarily be cold calling people every day, that seems uncomfortable. So I like what you said about the shoe leather, the building relationships, the really, you know, building a network and then letting that network help you build your business.
2: Perfect. One of the cases uh, I'm working on right now is a client up in Chicago and we're launching a um, uh, maintenance company, uh, you know, in, uh, Business, commercial maintenance—you know, going into commercial buildings okay. and little office build-out, you know, the little office centers type thing. So one of the things we did, we're you know starting uh, fresh, so to speak. So we had um, him come up with some candy dishes with his logo on them, and then he just uh, his salesperson just goes around and walks into these little uh, businesses with this candy dish, fills it up and trades the candy dish for the the decision maker's business card. (laughs)
1: That's great. And it it
2: doesn't cost any money. I mean, it's not That's very inexpensive, a few candy dishes, and he has a goal of every uh, day to drop off uh, at least three candy dishes and then he gets three business cards. So I tell him, it's an easy trade. They're thinking, well, oh, well, five dollars uh, $5 worth of candy for a um, for a 50 cent business card. That's you know, a good trade, yeah. right? So uh, and then, of course, that creates the follow up process. And then we put a whole eight step business uh, process together that allows him to get to the actual presentation. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And it, so it really, of, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was just.
2: I was just going to say it consists of a follow-up phone call, then a meeting um, to drop off collateral material, then a letter, then a, um, another phone call back. But these are all soft calls. They're they're not as they're not like cold calling, picking people out of the you know out of the phone right. book type thing, right off the right.
1: Doors. Yeah, yeah. And, and, I'm not and a fan of cold um, calling you. to. Yeah, I know. Who I mean, th- there's a handful of people who are, and so they'll keep doing it, which is great. I, I think people yeah. should should do whatever makes them comfortable. But um, what I like about that the, this idea that you um, came up with with them is that it's there's a couple things I like about it. One, it really is inexpensive. Two, it's relatively easy. And three, it's fun. Yeah, so,
2: and you also get to right? go back and fill. And, and you get to fill up the candy dish every two weeks.
1: Yeah, right. <laughs> you, know?
2: exactly. I mean, you get to come back. Right. Yeah. Yeah,
1: um,
2: yeah. And one of my friends on Facebook uh, said that, you know, asked me, you know, there was posted a question there. Uh, when do you stop following up? And I just put a joke up there. It says uh, when they get a restraining order.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: just making fun. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 I get it. It's really <laughs> funny. That, so um, talk to me some more, though, about ways that a small business with, you know, a low budget can effectively be marketing and advertising their business.
2: Good. Uh, the Anything to me is because a lot of times when I get involved in a business Diane uh, maybe even like you they're they're in some sort of trouble um they they're three or four years old they they've've they've reached these all these other things they've tried a lot of things, so they're out of money, and I get it so but anything that we can do, like LinkedIn for an example, is a great way, if you don't have a lot of money, you can start with that. You know, it's free, you can get on as long as you want it, you can network on there. Now there's a lot of bad things that you do on there as far as, you know, like I get uh, you know solicitations all the time. Yeah. But you need to build rapport with people. And I think uh, uh, we, one of the things that uh, new businesses or businesses that are struggling, uh, if they get into something called Neuro linguistics programming or NLP, I'm, I'm sure you've heard of that. Sure. But they're using that. Using that, uh, you can start to build rapport with people faster. And when in today's day and age, we need to be more concerned about consumer knowledge. You know, not so much as product knowledge, because 86% of the people all start their buying process online. So we want to get uh better at at building relationships so relationship selling would be a good avenue to to go down to learn learn how to to do these simple little things and by building a little trust i had a client the other day i was working for uh, working with and he said um i said well why uh, are you following up with the people and he said well I, it's hard for me to give them a pinpoint time to follow up because um uh, his boss wouldn't have the information for him. And I said, well, go ahead and set the appointment. That gives you a reason to build trust. You call it for Said, listen, I don't have anything to, to information to give you right now, but I just want to keep you up to date with what's going on. So all those little, little yeah. things help. Um, another one is, you know, meetup.com. You know, if you're, if you have, if your demographic is you know, belongs in one of these little meetups, uh, oftentimes you can go there and spend, you know, 10, 15 bucks to get involved in a meetup and and get that going. Uh, look for, you know, any of these inexpensive things that are going on to get, you know, to get out there. And when you do get into these situations, a common mistake is made is let's not be interesting. Let's be interested. So in yeah. other, in other words, I call it throwing up all over yourself. Stop <laughs> that. And just ask questions, you know, just yeah. get the, uh, and if you get somebody else talking, they think that you're the best conversationalist ever, you know, because exactly. they're getting to the talk. So that, and then also uh, zero down. In today's uh, world, you, when I was in the air conditioning business, we could we could zero in on zip codes. Well, today you can zero in on all the people who drive Mercedes and um, uh, or. Um, Lexus or, you know, high-end cars, you can zero in on that demographic, where do they hang out, get more to knowledge about the psychographic part, where where do they hang out, where do they go, you know, that type of thing. All these things are are very simple and easy to do. It's just that it takes a lot of, you know, effort, knowledge, you know, to get out and learn and and do these things.
1: Right, right. And I think people really, I, I mean, I hope they're really hearing what you said about be more of a listener than a talker and really be interested in what people are talking about. Uh, You know, it's the old Dale Carnegie, um, people saying he was a great conversationalist when he never really said anything. He'd ask a question and he'd be quiet and they thought he was just great. And of course, because they were talking about themselves, but you learn so much that helps you identify, you know, one of my things is, it helps you identify whether they're even someone you would even want to work with. Because they could fit every other aspect of your target, right? But if they're a jerk, then you need to know that before you ever try and have a business relationship with them.
2: Very good and good point. I uh, always, the salespeople that I work with, we spend most of the time qualifying the people out instead of trying to qualify them in. And I think that's another mistake that salespeople make is yeah. they're trying to sell to everybody and just, you know, learn to yeah. qualify them out, ask qualifying questions. You know, yeah. um, if you know it, better than 90% of the time, the women, a woman is going to be involved in the buying decision of large, right. uh, large purchases. Well, if the wife is not there and the guy's wearing a wedding then, band, then obvious question, where's your wife? Yeah. Well, what, what, how much of this process is your wife going to be involved in, in making the decision on this purchase? Yeah. And any, man, and any man, in my point, if any man tells you their wife's not involved, then just just you might as well go get another client.
1: <laughs> and they're married, I agree. It, they're lying, they're, right?
2: They're lying. They're lying. They're lying right straight <laughs> to you because um, I got a funny story with that. This is in real estate. I was managing a real estate office and doing some sales trainings with them. And this, we had this one guy who had, uh, a salesperson who had done all the right things. He'd qualified them. He had got them their approval letter. He's got them pre qualifications. Everything's done right. Man's from Russia. And so we're, you know, we're at our table meeting. We're asking, I said, okay, uh, Chris, when are you going to get an offer? This guy's been looking at houses for like weeks now. What's going on? He said, we've zeroed in on one and we're putting it all together over the weekend. Monday, I'll have an offer for you. And I said, okay, good. I said, has his wife seen the house? And He goes, no, uh, she's been in the kitchen most of the time. Everything we've been doing is at the dining table. She's over there. And, she, and I said, she hasn't seen the house. And he goes, no. And I said, well, that's unusual. Uh, you know, they're going to be there. And she goes, he goes, not in Russia, The things are different in Russia. And I said, well, maybe they are. I don't know anything about Russia. So, uh, Monday, Monday comes in and I, he, he comes in, I said, okay, Chris, where's your He says, wife didn't like the house. <laughs> so I guess it doesn't matter what language you speak
1: <laughs> that's right <laughs> <laughs> that's
2: right so. that's
1: so great that's a great story and it's so true I, you, and, and it really is about um, not thinking because I, I agree with you I think so many people say well anybody is a good client for me or everybody's a good client for me and the truth is no they're not and I think, you know, when people approach with that viewpoint, then they are so in sales mode that they're doing the exact opposite of what you're talking about. They're not building relationships. They're hunting for dinner.
2: They're turning and, and burning. That's what I call it.
1: Yeah. And no one wants to be around them.
2: Nope. Because a lot of this uh, leads to ego. And the, to me, the worst, Thing that a salesperson can have or an owner can have uh, representing their product is when they're ego driven. Yeah. Ego Ego is fear based. And anybody okay. that, uh, so ego just translates into um, that you're up to something. Your voice yeah. is higher, you're pitching, you're, you're saying I too many times, you're saying, you know, all these different words that you shouldn't be using, which again leads us back to NLP, will teach you. Um, in fact, NLP teaches you now that we shouldn't go for yes because, you know, a lot of salespeople are in tune in their minds. They got to get to the yes. Um, actually we need to, there are three different yeses. Uh, there's a yes to get me to be quiet, you know, agree with me. You're okay. Yeah, that's good. Okay. Then there's the yes for commitment. And then there's a yes to shut me up. Huh? And we're not sure which yes that we're getting. We think we want the yes that says commitment, but all they really did was shut us up.
1: Exactly. And move
2: on. So um, what I ask people to do is go for no. Yeah. So, Diane, is there any reason why you and I couldn't get together and discuss this opportunity maybe Thursday afternoon at 2?
1: Right. What
2: are you going to say? No? Okay, great. Let's (laughs) sign it up.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yes. Then if you said yes, then I can say, well, well, what's holding us back?
1: Exactly. Right. Another thing you're having a conversation and you're learning and yeah.
2: Yeah. And then um, also I think that uh, salespeople have a tendency to um, ask yes and no questions. So move away. One of the oldest teachers of sales, um, you know, he teaches us to open, ask open-ended questions. When I was at Radio Shack, we had, there were three things that we did. We had, um, we called it the 30, 30 to 2 rule. 30 seconds, you, you had to acknowledge the customer had entered the store, two open ended questions, and two items in the bag. Huh. Always upsell. And, even, you know, the person brings a, a little um, thing to the, uh, let's say a radio, or whatever, you know, proof positive it needs batteries and it doesn't um, have them, just go ahead and put the batteries on the table. Let the customer push the batteries away from you. Yeah. Anything huh. that headphones, anything, just keep, oh, well, you want some headphones for that? Because I promise you, and you, I think, would agree with this, they get home and you didn't offer them the batteries. They're upset at you. They're not upset at the product. They're not upset at. They're upset at, at you personally. Oh, that guy. You he should he have should, known. He, he should have told me I needed batteries. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's, that's interesting. It's very interesting. And and I totally agree with the open-ended question thing. You know, you want to get them really talking because you're going to learn more about their situation and what's going on. I think one well, of Good.
2: My apologies. I, even when you're calling to follow up, you know, like after the, that's another thing that I think uh, business owners should do. And it doesn't necessarily be the salesperson. Uh, in my air conditioning company, my, um, my dispatcher, the one who obviously sent the trucks out, her job was to call each customer and get a, their feedback on how the service went for that day. Yeah. Yeah. You'll right. learn so much. And yeah. from, from those follow up phone calls. So, when you're in sales, you call up. To me, the sale process starts after you've closed the, the person because that person has three referrals within them.
1: Yeah. So, if
2: you follow up within 42 to 72 hours after the sale, and hey, how's the product? Is it working well? It's doing good for you. Okay, we're good. All right, well, I'm just checking on you. You know, if you need something, just re- get with me first, call me first. And yeah. that way you have you establish this buffer between you and the service department or you and the, the parts department or whatever.
1: Yeah, right. And too many people don't do that. I totally agree with you. I think that's invaluable. And I think it comes down to when you see your customers or clients as, valuable long-term relationships then you treat them that way. If you see them as transactions, then you don't necessarily treat them that well. You're not paying that close attention to wanting to continue to engage in the relationship and the conversation and they know it and there's no loyalty then. So, they they're right. They're just going to reach out to whoever whenever they need something. You're not really you haven't cemented the relationship.
2: Exactly, and, and this was one of the first things I learned in the air conditioning business. Uh, also, was uh, that the um, customer wanted their their, their air conditioner, uh, you know, was not working. But their wants and needs are different. Their their need was to get their air conditioning fixed, but their want was me to be to, to fix it on their time. Yeah. When I sold my air conditioning company in, nine year, uh, in 1989, after 10 years, uh, I sold it to my employees. There was 7,000 customers that had been doing business with me for three years or longer. It's what we built the value wow. of the com- of the company on. In that business, it's it's like you just said, it's it's transactional. They the most of the people in that industry uh, believe that you're only going to do business with them one time, so you're going to get as much out of that customers you could that one time because it wasn't coming back to you and I thought what a great time to build um like I um uh, before thank you cards were such a big deal I used to send yeah. thank you cards to every customer I've won oh, big yeah. deals since simply because you know you call out like a hurricane like we were talking before the show um yeah. you know we were during a hurricane and sometimes we, you are outages and different things you go you they just want an estimate so you know that so the but then you send that thank you card and I've had customers tell me well, it was a choice between you and the other one, but you sent a thank you card. Yeah. For thirty-two dollars. I mean, that was our that was our service call, but you know, that was you could see it if you did, you know, five thousand dollar air conditioner, but you know, for just a simple service call. But my rule was that if somebody spent a nickel in our business, they deserve to be thanked for the business. And I had one of those custom cards made up with because the company name was Buccaneer after the Tampa Bay Bucks. I had a ball flying through the air arc of the word thanks and a football player on the front of the card laid out landscape wise, you flip it open it it's just for throwing the business my way. Just something yeah, simple.
1: It's really great. And when you do, so, so the service call wasn't a lot of revenue, but the chances are they are going to need something again in the future or their neighbors going to, or their family members going to, someone's going to need what you offer and the better, that you are treating people, the more you are the one who's going to be referred.
2: Exactly. And I'll give you a good uh, case in point there. And this works would work straight across for uh, just about any service industry that's out there. So one of the things that uh, uh, you would call me, let's say you call me and we come out and we look at your air conditioner and, and let's say it's a bad fan motor. Okay. So we s- sell you on the fan motor. y yeah. So, uh, and the, other thing we did is I recognized that the industry only gave a 90-day guarantee, so I um, gave a year guarantee, just like with my services. Very few companies in our world I offer a guarantee with my with my services. If you do what I ask you to do, and you and it doesn't work out for you, I give you money back. I don't want your money. I want you to be successful. So um, I go out there. So um, let's say six months later, the air conditioner sharps Uh, cooling again. Well, Diane, you're going to call me. It's under warranty. So I go out there and send another guy out there. I would never send the same. That was another thing that was flawed in the industry. They send the same guy out. I send a different guy out because I want to know what happened. Did he put it in right? Is the part. What failed? What caused the problem? And so the next person comes out and they come to your house and say, oh, no, Diane, the family is working fine, uh, but what's working now and what's not working is this. And you say, well, my goodness, If with those two parts together, I can almost buy another air conditioner. The standard script that went out after that was, well, I'll tell you what you do. Diane, you, you go get the air conditioner model number you want. You get the price. You get the best deal you can. I'll match the price. I'll match the air conditioner. And I'll deduct the $200 that you spent on the fan motor as well. Wow. I lost money on that deal.
1: Right, but
2: I got seven, eight, nine, ten customers.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs>
2: right. Uh, yeah. Uh, because you would just go back to your office. You would go back to wherever you were. Oh man, I've never had that happen before. And exactly. the next thing, stuff like that, snowballs. So another thing that little small businesses don't be afraid to invest in a customer. Yeah.
1: Yeah, because you're really investing in your future, really, when you do that.
2: And let me, know, my, again, the name of my company was Buccaneer, and people would call us up and go, I hope you're not as bad as the
1: Bucks."
2: Uh, <laughs> right? I mean, we lost yeah. the first 26 games we ever played. <laughs> Oy,
1: that's <laughs> yeah, not good. So, right. But it gave no, you something but, well, to talk to them about, right?
2: Oh, and it was funny. I mean, they knew, they knew we didn't have any associations with that yeah. type of thing. But my thought was when starting the business was, was that, oh, well, i would get six months worth of free advertising. What I didn't yeah. know was I was going to end up getting a year's worth of advertising yeah. you know, coincided with that. So, Anyway, a lot of exactly. fun stuff.
1: Yeah, for sure. I have to take a quick sponsor break. Accelerate Your Business Growth Podcast is happy to be sponsored by Audible.com. Audible.com is a leading provider of spoken digital audio entertainment and information. They have over 150,000 titles to choose from, and you can listen to them on any device, including whatever you're hearing us on right now. If you sign up at our link, which is audibletrial.com/businessgrowth, you get one free audiobook and a 1-month trial of the service. Some examples of books you can listen to on audible.com are 8020 Sales and Marketing by Perry Marshall and The Go Giver by Bob Berg. So visit audibletrial.com/slash businessgrowth, explore the books that are of interest to you, and receive one free audiobook when you sign up for the trial. Today we're talking with Terry Ogburn about growing your business through relationships and trust. So, Terry, I, I you said something before about how you have someone who Call, when, when you had the air conditioning company, you had somebody who would call and follow up on um, the service calls and, you know, make sure everything was okay. So I'd like you to talk some, if you would, about the importance of feedback and what, you know, what are some ways that a small business can make that happen? Like, let's say they have a really small staff, so they don't necessarily have someone who could sit there and make calls but what are things you think they could do that would get them feedback and input from their customers?
2: Real easy, the first thing off the top of my head is just a simple little survey. It doesn't have to be difficult, it doesn't have to be, but it has to be easy, um, you can make them anonymous. You can just send a, you can have the salesperson or, you know, have the service person or whoever's out there at the house, just leave, leave like a leave behind piece. It's already, uh, it's already one of those, you know, pre-programmed self-addressed little thing. couple little questions on it doesn't cut, take anything All I have to do is like click it, you know, check it, you know, and, and put it in the mail. Um, I used to get my, uh, technicians, and uh, regardless of technicians, straight across the board. In fact, in new, even in the new age, in this day and age, when I start with a client, the first thing I want them to do is I want them to write a testimony letter about their company that starts with the customer pulling up in their front door or, or accessing them from the internet, whatever it is, starting there and a nice letter that explains how they navigated through their their world and ha- what a great time they had, and then uh, live up to that letter. Mm-hmm. Live up to every letter that's in that, that, that document. And I used to, uh, in any organization that I've run or whatever, been a part of, I always ask the, the people to get testimonies, get testimony letters, get testimony videos, do that. It's easy stuff. Um, and then you can, when you drive your your, uh, you're raving fans, you drive them to your website. What happens then is they're, they're getting third party validation. In this world today, as fast as we're moving, third party validation is far better than anything we could ever say out of our mouth.
1: Yeah, that's a great point. It's really true.
2: And it doesn't take really. any while you're there. You could just, like one of my uh, uh, workers had said before, well, that's no fair. So and so asked for letters. I said, I don't care if he asked for a letter or not is not going to write it unless, uh, unless he really feels it. It doesn't matter what you right. ask for. The customer is not going to put his feelings on paper. So the script was that when they've got complimented about the work, you know, what would really mean a lot to me, Diane, is if you could put that in writing and send it into my boss, that would really be helpful for me.
1: Right.
2: And then go about your business. Yeah. And then I incentivize that for everyone they got. Um, you, pay them five bucks, 10 bucks, whatever it is, you know, but give them a little reason for, to, you know, put some, I call it mad money, you know, and you know what mad money is, don't you? Oh yeah. Yeah. So if we get mad, we got something to spend.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So great. So now I want to back up to, um, uh, before someone becomes a, a client and, Talk some about how a company figures out who their target audience is, you know, and who their target customer is, because, you know, before we were talking about um, it's not everybody. What is the process they should go through to really make sure okay. they're, you know, going towards the right company
2: or person? I'll give you this uh, this example from when I was in the travel industry days. Um we we uh, focused on uh 20 to 100,000 dollar accounts that means that these people were spending 20 to 100,000 dollars annually in airline fare commercial commercial for air flights so now um, you, you there's a name you look at a name of a company and if it says i fly in the company so to speak you know like you know people that come to know that industry um, then you get them to, you know, take the worst traveler, or you get them to, um, you know, give them just one chance at, at taking care of that their flyer. When we, when, um, and I'll, my apologies, I to to cut this part. I forgot what the question.
1: No, <laughs> not a problem. Uh, the question is, how does a company figure out who their target audience is?
2: Oh. Um, so once you figure out that your group or once we figured out our group was to 2200, to we, anything that was over that, we didn't go after. So you eliminate the big companies. So you zero in on these little guys that make, so then, the, uh, the script for that would, would be, hi, this is Terry who there's most concerned about your travel and entertainment budget. And the answers that we got were, were, you know, were, would, would be a telltale sign of whether they travel or not. If somebody said not interested, the salesperson says, oh, no, they weren't interested. I said they were interested. You just didn't give them enough information to buy. When somebody's not interested, the, the, the answer to that question would be, are you kidding? We're lucky if we get to go to the post office. Don't bother with that one, <laughs> right? Because they, they don't even know what a travel and entertainment budget is. Right. So Right. So the first thing you want to do is figure out a question that that person will, you know, will be able to answer. Yeah, if that person, right. is, if that person, Oh yeah, no, we're not interested. We have, you know, it's really saying not interested. we have a travel agent. That would be dope. Good. Now we have something to work on. Right. So if you put, and I use this terminology a lot too, is put your real person hat on. If you were looking for this product, who would be the, who would be the likely person that would, would look at it now. If they're already in business, then I'll give them an exercise right here, right now. Take out your uh, your your database. Take out your customer database. People who are buying from you. Draw a big circle on on a piece of paper, and divide your your customer base into a pie. Anything that's running around 22 to 25 percent uh, is your sweet spot. So then. Study your customer who's buying that product. Who are they? Go have questions, follow up questions, you know, type thing. Then you find that out. Now you've zeroed in on, on that. It, that is the ideal market for you to go after.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think it's really important, and I hope people are hearing that you, you really need to spend some time <clears throat> really honing in on what a good customer looks like because it also tells you what a not good customer looks like which is equally valuable so that as you're talking to somebody and doing your discovery you can quickly identify whether there's an opportunity there or whether it's time to say thank you and move along
2: and sometimes you do have to fire a customer sure if they're, if sure. they're, well, talk
1: some about that, actually. Talk some about that. If you find out that you have really <coughs> excuse me, engaged with uh, a person or a company that really is, you're not suited to each other, what, what's your my, advice on you know, firing them?
2: I have a, a, a line in my business development plan. I have a five-page business development plan that everybody follows. Um, and in that line, it says, our IO, our target audience and defined as people who want to be serviced by the best possible people. I also have a line in that uh, same plan that says uh, customers are not always right, but whether they are not, they're, it's our job to make them feel that way. So the incident, I want to tell you, this is back in my sales days when I was selling, my first sales was uh, motorcycles. And so I was working with this guy, and we did everything we could to get this guy's motorcycle repaired. And every time he turned to pick it up, he'd find something else wrong with it. And he'd find something else he didn't like about it. So one day, we finally got it loaded up. The boss and I, about 7.30 at night, were loading it up into this guy's truck. He pulls out. Chick and I walk back to, this, walking back to the store. He says, you know, Terry, I so could put a bumper hitch on the front door of this place, and somebody's going to complain because they've got to pay for the gas. And I, and I thought, yeah, when a customer becomes that unruly, then it's time to cut your ties. Go ahead. And yeah. And uh, I had a lady going through my, one of my courses, and so she was not showing up on time. She was just a, an absolute um, uh, wreck, so to speak. And so finally, I said, okay, I said, okay, I'll tell you what. Here you go. Here's all the material. Here's all the course material. Here's all your money back. <laughs> Everything. Have fun. Yeah. just give was me the course surprised? material give me yeah she she was exactly <clears throat> she was like well no i i'm going to need your guidance and i said no if you wanted my guidance you would have been on these calls on the on, on, on your schedule time exactly. so i wouldn't be dancing all over the week trying to figure yeah. out when i'm going to get to talk to you yeah. and i have a schedule you have a we all have schedules and when somebody is taking advantage the last thing that i for me personally and i think a lot of business owners would feel the same way i don't want i'll give you the shirt off my back Diane but take advantage of me you're out
1: yeah that's something. right right and i think small business owners need to remember that they they need to be working with the customers and clients who really value what they're doing and appreciate what they're, what they're bringing to them. And, the, you know, the, the solutions speak and only those people, because especially with small business, they don't necessarily have the bandwidth to be able to continue to try and service someone or some organization that isn't um, really playing along, I guess, for lack of a better exactly. phrase.
2: And I'll give, um, I'll give your listeners a little exercise. The, the one that I that I use. So if your listeners will take out a piece of paper, I'm gonna give them four little things right here. That they, if they use this little these little steps right here, they'll always win. First, whatever it is that you're going to do, the first thing you have to do is make the decision. So that's your first bullet point. Make your decision. Decision on the customer. Decision on this, this, that, and the other. Once you've fully decided, and this is the avenue that you're going to take, then become very disciplined about making sure that you do your homework, do this, do your due diligence, do everything you're gonna do to make sure that you're gonna increase your business. We'll use that for the, the topic. Number three, then it's time to be decisive. And that means making the decisions that is going to keep you moving towards your target. So, you have to make sure that you're using your, your time wisely. Uh, you know, become a, a time management guru, understand how much time you have and, and, and stop wasting it. And then, the fourth bullet point for them to write down is visionary. You must visualize the outcome before it starts. And if you'll put those four things to play in any in any decision or anything that you're about to tackle, you put those four things in place, you'll always come out a winner.
1: That's great. Thank you. Thanks for sharing that. I think that was a really good exercise, and I hope everyone does it uh, and, and really owns it because th- that's terrific. Now, will you? Um, I really appreciate the information that you've shared with my listeners, and I. Um, uh, you know, I, I know how valuable it is, and I know how much they need it and want it, and so I really appreciate you taking the time to uh, come on and, and share some of it. Will you share with them how they can find you and, you know, what you've got going on? You mentioned to me earlier that you have an offer for the listeners. Can you share that as well.
2: Sure, I'd be glad to, and, and thank you, Diane. Uh, one, you can connect with me on Facebook, um, Terry Ogren. Just go there. and you can get on, you can get find me there. Um, Ogburn's Business Solutions uh, is my main website. Then I have terryogburn.com. Uh, just go to either one of those websites, uh, go up and click on the um, Contact Us button. Uh, the uh, menu or uh, your down box will happen. You put in your name and your email address and a a, 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 solution, a problem that you're having and you're looking for a solution for it. Just type in a few words Hit send, and I'll be glad to spend a half hour with any one of your listeners. No, ch- no charge, no upsells, no sales gimmicks, nothing that. Just we both of us will roll up our shirt sleeves and figure out a solution for the opportunity that you have.
1: Oh, that's terrific. Thank you. I, I You're really welcome. appreciate that. that. That is so great. And I certainly hope that people take advantage of that because that can be really tremendously valuable uh, for anybody who's just even got a an issue that they just want to talk to somebody about. So somebody with a lot of knowledge like you.
2: So. Well, thank you. Um, I said on a, to a client the other day, uh, sometimes I'm a coach, sometimes I'm a consultant, and even sometimes I'm a therapist.
1: Yeah, <laughs> boy, I totally get
2: that, <laughs> that is
1: for sure, yeah. And isn't it nice that people know they have someone who will do that with them? So
2: I have really one, of clients, one of my clients. One of my clients has been with me for uh, seven years, and yeah. uh, he went through a divorce. Most of my clients, I, in have, I only have two clients that have been with me less than a year. The rest of them have been three years or longer. I just have like this kind of, I don't want to say a waiting list, but I have this, uh, you know, I don't take everybody. And I'm, yeah. I'm 66 years old. I don't want to work, I tell you, but I don't mind helping. Um, but, um, yeah, um, it's, uh, again, I cut that. I forgot what I was going to say, but anyway, I'm yeah. just excited about being here. <laughs> it's, it's been fun. <laughs> anyway, okay. anyway, you asked some very good questions and
1: well, uh, sparked a lot of old,
2: it sparked a lot of old memories. Um, That's so great. Uh, yeah, that is, it's, it's, uh, it's, it is great. So thank you for that. Ah, oh,
1: thank you. And I always want to thank the listeners because, there, why we're here, as well as our sponsor. Please remember to visit audibletrial.com/businessgrowth to sign up for a free trial and get a free audiobook when you do that. Continue to prosper and continue to be curious. And until we meet again on another episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth.
2: The world's best-known investor and Wall Street expert Warren Buffett once said, "Wall Street is the only place that people ride to in a Rolls Royce to get advice from those who take the subway."